ancient Egypt was one of the world's great civilizations. Its power lasted for more than two millennia and even had a line of pharaohs that we have record of for over 1,000 years. Egypt's relative economic power and wealth, and as long as its geopolitical standing and influence, has roughly been on a consistent decline with a few uptrends here and there since 1500 BC. And Egypt now is one of the largest economies to be facing serious structural issues that could possibly plague the country to be stuck in poverty for generations. The question is, what is the problem with Egypt? Why is Egypt's economy in the condition it is? And what could be done to improve Egypt's prospects? Welcome to Analyzing Finance with Nick. I'm Nick Pardini from Davos Macro Research. And today we are going to be talking about the economic future of Egypt. Egypt is one of the most populated countries in the world. And in fact, that actually is probably the root of a lot of Egypt's problems. Egypt is a pretty big country land-wise, but if you narrow it down to the parts of the country that actually have people living on it, which is the shores of the Nile River and the Nile Delta and a little few cities on the Mediterranean, the actual inhabited parts of Egypt that aren't empty deserts are about the same size as the U.S. state of Pennsylvania. Yet, Egypt has over 10 times the population of the state of Pennsylvania, and its GE per capita is less than one-fifth of that of the state of Pennsylvania. So this overpopulation issue is really a major problem. I mean, since 2000, the population of Egypt has risen from 71 million to a little less than 112 million today. That's a 57% increase in population for Egypt for an economy whose real GDP has not grown much faster than that. So if you adjust for population uh, growth, the economy of Egypt has been fairly stagnant. And this has caused a lot of problems. First, Egypt's import-export dynamic has been broken by increased domestic demand. Egypt, and throughout its entire history, was a net exporter of agricultural goods, particularly food, such as wheat. It was known as the breadbasket of the Roman Empire, along with uh, North Af the western part of North Africa and modern-day Tunisia. Now, Egypt is one of the world's biggest importers of wheat and almost ran out of food last year as a product of the Ukraine crisis. Uh, Egypt shifting from a net food exporter to a net food importer has put a lot of strain on Egypt's current account balance and its financial position. Egypt also used to be an exporter of energy, but due to domestic demand and declining yield from its natural gas fields, Egypt has now become a net importer of energy. However, the energy imbalance isn't nearly as concerning as the food imbalance. The Egyptian economy does provide services that have international demand, such as tourism, 
manufacturing to a certain degree, uh, which are the two largest goods and services that it provides um, on the export market, as well as having a having a, a diversified internal economy with sectors such as construction and local services and local agriculture to provide the food needs of the domestic population, contributing a lot to GDP. The problem is that the value that they produce for the export market is not nearly enough to compensate for the increased imports they need to feed their population. There's been several consequences to this. First, let's look at Egypt's current account balance. Egypt has had a negative current account balance since 2008. Uh, its current account to GDP has averaged over 3% with it peaking at around 2017 at negative 6.1% of GDP in its current account deficit. Uh, this current account deficit puts pressure on the currency and the Egyptian pound has been one of the weaker currencies uh, the last two decades and they've had to have several IMF bailouts to keep the currency afloat and the government afloat. Uh, it's as a result of uh, these food exports importing as well and the strain of the current account deficits have on the currency uh, Egypt has had very high inflation for the last several years. Uh, based for the last 20 years, Egypt's inflation has averaged over 10%. And as I am recording this, it's at 37.2%. Uh, and it's the, and then a lot of this double digit inflation is driven by the dynamics that I've mentioned previously. It's also has an impact on public balance sheet. Uh, Egypt has a very high debt to GDP for an emerging market country. It is as 87.2%, which is lower than some developed nations in Europe and Japan. But unlike developed nations in Europe and Japan, they are a large net importer of goods. They don't have the GDP per capita base and the productivity in their economy to even have a shot of paying back their debts. And they don't have the trust of international capital markets because of this lack of economic development and previous need bailouts for the IMF. And so as a result, an 87% debt to GDP for a country like Egypt is a lot more concerning than the equivalent for a developed country. I'm not saying it's not bad for a developed country, but for Egypt, the situation is a lot more dire. Uh, if you look at, for example, the Egyptian economy's non-oil sector, private sector's PMI, it's been con contraction for most of the last 10 years. Uh, as any, as you see in the chart here, any score above 50 in a PMI survey is contraction. And that shows the sign of an unhealthy private sector. So then they also, Egypt has a very high regulatory expenses and red tape costs and corruption costs, which also weakens the private sector. And so that kind of explains Egypt's problems. It's really a combination of a weak private sector and not enough resources or strong enough of an economy in the export market to be able to feed its people. And this this it gets worse as the population continues to accelerate in terms of growth. So 
what can be done about this? Having more visitors to the pyramids is not enough to solve this. And with geopolitical tensions with its neighbors to the east, it's going to maybe scare away otherwise adventurous tourists who would like to go to Egypt. I mean, it's personally delayed my plans to go. I'd love to go see Egypt, but there are safety concerns now that previously weren't there. So that's the question is what do they do? And honestly, this is a real tough question. Uh, I mean, if you could have the population stabilize and make some economic reforms to make manufacturing or higher level services more competitive in Egypt, it could solve some of the problems. The precarity of the food supply um, results in a lot of political dissatisfaction and risks revolution and devolution to radical governments. Uh, also, the fact that Egypt has a relatively high educated population and not enough high paying jobs for the educated population to do sows the seeds for a higher than normal probability of civil unrest. So they have to find to create, advance their economy away in two ways. One, have enough value add to sell into the export market to balance its trade. Because weakening the currency has not, has not been enough. We've had the Egyptian pound consistently be weakened and that hasn't done anything to fix the imbalances. Something more structural is going to have to happen. The second thing that Egypt needs to do is they need to find opportunities for its educated classes, especially its younger educated classes, to be productive in the economy and have careers that are satisfying enough that they are not going to take the streets the minute something bad happens. Uh, if those two things could be fixed, then Egypt has a lot of potential. Historically, it has had multiple empires that were world or at least regional powers. It is kind of one of the cultural capitals of the Arab world. And it does have historical draws. And um, the Nile River Delta has been a very productive agriculture region in world history. So the question is, can Egypt fix its imbalances? The answer is honestly, I don't know. And I think that because this is such a challenging problem for Egypt, that can't really simply be solved by a few free market reforms like some other countries such as Argentina. Uh, I think that the pain's going to go on for a long time because there's not really a clear answer to how to solve Egypt's economic woes. The last thing I want to do in this video is compare Egypt to a U.S. state like I like to do with a lot of other countries. And in this case, the state we're going to be comparing Egypt to is Arizona. Uh, they have a lot of commonalities, surprisingly, some superficial, some more in-depth. Uh, they're both desert regions, Arizona, outside of a few higher elevated places in the Flagstaff area, is mostly hot desert. Egypt is entirely hot desert. 
their GDPs are somewhat close in size with the Egyptian nominal GDP, maybe about 399 billion USD. And Arizona, it's 479 billion USD. Uh, the GDP per capita, though, is a huge difference, where the GDP per capita in Egypt is less than $4,000 per person, whereas in Arizona, it's $65,000 per person. Both regions have no Fortune 500 companies. Uh, and the Arizona, particularly, tends to be a place where people open satellite offices and a lot of retirees live there. So that's why it's per capita is relatively lower than most states and is below the national average. And also why there's not a lot of Fortune 500 companies in Arizona because of the demographic profile of the region and relatively how new Metro Phoenix is. They're both pretty hot, um, but Arizona is quite a bit warmer in the summer. Right? So the summer mean high temperature in Arizona is 113 degrees in Metro Phoenix, whereas in Cairo, it's 95 degrees Fahrenheit or 35 Celsius. And they also are very popular tourist destinations with both in terms of for activity-based tourists and more sightseers. The sightseeing attraction in Egypt is the pyramids and the ancient temples that are scattered across the country. Through Arizona, the sightseeing tours are more natural wonders, primarily the Grand Canyon and surrounding area, also places like Sedona too, um, and the Petrified Forest National Park. Whereas um, in terms of physical activities, Egypt is known for scuba diving, particularly Sharm el-Sheikh um, is a great dive spot in the Red Sea. Whereas with Arizona, the main outdoor activity that people travel there for, including myself, is playing golf. Arizona has a lot of great golf courses and compared to the coastal states, they're very affordable golf courses too. It's a great place to play golf in the winter. Uh, and that's my comparison between Egypt and Arizona. So what do you think about Egypt? And if you have, what would you think is the solution to Egypt's uh, economic woes. If you have any thoughts or comments on how Egypt can turn itself around, I would love to read them. And if you like more of this content, feel free to like, subscribe, and share with people you know, and check out our memberships if you want to support the channel. Thank you for watching.